This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you by Red 10 People Development. Wrexham left it late against Forest Green, but they aren't out of the woods yet. Performances have been poor, and yet we still sit at number four. Parky in, parky out. What's that all about? 12 matches left, promotion. We're well in with a shout. Naif, it's a very difficult week maybe as a Wrexham fan because part of me wants to be annoyed. Part of me is still, you know, optimistic about promotion, but it's clear that things need to change. How are you doing? We didn't go to either of the games ourselves uh, over the past week. And yeah, it doesn't look like we missed much. No, we both had to watch another rubbish team in red uh lose on saturday and then i yeah i watched the uh forest green game on the stream hopefully going on saturday to watch against accrington yeah it's not good is it you know um i'm getting messages all the time of people that put bets on us to go up and saying should they cash out and you know have the wheels come off and all that sort of thing i still think we'll probably scrape over the line but this is probably the least convinced i've been i think tuesday night was up there in terms of one of the most toothless performances I'd seen in a while in terms of we dominated the ball. Um, We looked devoid of ideas. The body language looked off. I don't know, but it didn't look right in terms of what we were watching. Um, And yeah, we've got a point. We got away with it. It was a penalty. Um, But yeah, you'd have to say, you know, I've been fairly optimistic all season that I think we'll get the top three and I think we might scrape over the line, but after Tuesday night away at Forest Green, and that's the end of a long month. What is it, 1,500 miles in 15 days? That's about as unconvinced as I've been that, that we're going to do it. Yeah, I think I've got to start off on a positive note. I would say that, look, I think we've got a lot of the, the gruelers out of the way now. There's only sort of one long away day left. That's Colchester. Seven of the last 12 are, are at home. On our home form, that that could be enough on its own, really, to get us over the line and get a couple of points on the road. That really, you know, could do it. But obviously, it relies on being flawless at home between now and the end of the season. There's some very big games coming up, and you've also got the caveat that look, it might well come down to those final two: Crew away and then Stockport at home. You played two of the top three in the last two matches of the season, so. I don't think we'll be getting any guard of honours before the final day. I do think it'll go right down to the wire. But fundamentally, there's a, there's a bit of a bit of a dilemma as a Wrexham fan at the moment, Nate, because I I do understand that there's the argument. Look, we've come so far in the last two years. You can't be ungrateful. At the start of the season, fourth in the league, only a few points off top. You've got to you've got to accept that. But it's the fact that we have fallen to fourth rather than risen to fourth. If we'd been mid-table all season, we'd had the surge up to fourth, there'd be so much optimism about the place. It feels like we've lost momentum, we've stumbled. And what is most annoying is, 
if we hadn't been so crap, we could be not even top, but we could be comfortably top with a cushion because there's been so many missed opportunities away from home this season and particularly in recent weeks as well. So I do understand the, the both sides of the argument really, but I, I just don't subscribe to the be grateful argument anymore because we are, we, we, we're, okay, there's two issues to this. First of all, we're a fourth division club. Maybe we need a bit of reality check at times about how big we are. Um, but the other argument is, well, we keep on saying, look, what is it, £20 million turnover we're going to have in, in that area? You know, we, we talk about record profits, talk about being a global brand now. Um, well, yeah, income expected to top £20 million, the Athletic said this week. We talk about how much the club has changed. We've got all this worldwide fan base. We're a new club. We're super ultra professional. We've got advantage with our physiotherapy, our recovery. We've got more money than a lot of clubs. So I don't think you can just say, let's be grateful to compete because that's not it anymore. And this was the argument at the World Cup in 2022 as a Wales fan as well. There comes a point where just being part of it isn't good enough anymore. For Wales fans, there was always this long-term goal of let's get back to major tournaments. Let's just enjoy the ride. But then you need to be competitive when you get there. And for Wrexham fans, you know, for 15 years, it was let's just get back to the Football League. Let's be grateful to be there. And that's always been, you know, the case heading into the season. But the more you think about it, we've got to be doing better with with the resources we've got. Yeah, I, I definitely don't subscribe to this idea that because of what's gone on in the past, you need to be grateful for the present. Because at that by that logic, we'll never be able to moan again. The club came from within hours of being wound up. So by that logic, we never be able to moan again. Um and the circumstances are completely different. I totally understand that people say, well, this is the first season back, but I don't want to move the goalposts from what I had it at the beginning of the season. And I said, if we didn't go up, I think that would be a massive disappointment. And you look at it, we went into that January transfer window, which it's early days, but is not ageing very well for Wrexham. You have to say that it, it's not looking good in terms of Marriott and Bolton. Early days, but you know they didn't seem to arrest issues in that window so far from what we've seen. Um, I said at the beginning of the season, I thought, think if Wrexham didn't go up, it'd be a disappointment. I stand by that. Um, and you're totally right. It, it's If we'd have risen all the way up to fourth, the momentum would be very different. You remember when we were fighting Stockport all the way and we rose basically to within, you know, a, 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 str- a puncher's chance of of getting it on that final day away at Dagenham. I know we lost at Dagenham and, and Stockport took care of business, but it was that momentum of that we could actually snatch it off them and very, very different. Whereas, you know, the other way around, Stockport would have been absolutely devastated if they'd have thrown it away. And for us, I think we went into that transfer window in a very good position and a healthier position than pretty much all of our rivals. And somehow we've tied our shoelaces together and tripped ourselves up a little bit. Yes, the positive is that we've only got five away games left, but you look at Morecambe, I wouldn't be overly optimistic going there. You've then got Crew. I mean, I know that's a long way off yet. Let, let's, let's wait and see. We've got a lot of these home games, but look, we lost last time out at home. Obviously, they beat Notts County, but you've got Bradford, who undid us at home. There just seems to be now this nervousness in a group that desperately needs to find some confidence again. Yeah, I think it is that, but maybe there's that seed of doubt now with Wrexham that we know we can be beaten because coming into the season, we did have that advantage of this is a team who wins every single week. And you still see that at the race course now. The score could be anything heading into the last 10 minutes. Wrexham could be 2-0 down. And you still fancy us to get something from it in most occasions because there's that belief. Because at home, that's not been beaten out of us. There's so much optimism still. And it's... Just the wheels aren't going off by any means, you know. I, you know, by the by the next time we record the podcast, we could still be we could be back in the play, in the automatic positions. But what is worrying is we've we've always sort of looked at looked below us and been like, oh, look at those teams from sort of seventh to fourteenth. Look, imagine being there. There's only three points in it. But if Rexham's form doesn't pick up, then you know they could slide down the the, the playoff places as well because for so much of the season it looked like Wrexham would be guaranteed top four or above. I still think, personally, that that is where we'll, we'll we'll be going. Of course, as top three go up automatically. But, you know, it only takes a couple more bad results and Wrexham could be fifth. They could even maybe drop down to, to sixth at some point. So, you know, I, I, I do think that maybe there's been a little bit of an overreaction, but I do understand why why fans are, are concerned. 
There is some mitigation as well, though. I think there's some mitigation, though, Naif. I think I think Tom O'Connor and, and George Evans, to lose them both at the same time, any team's going to suffer. They are both so unique in Wrexham's style of play, both so integral in Wrexham's style of play, that without O'Connor and and George Evans, you're going to be a much worse team. You're not going to have control over matches. I, I think that you know if we had even one of them fit for half of the games sort of in the last two, three weeks, we'd be absolutely fine. We could even be top of the table. I think they are such big misses that maybe we need to cut a bit of slack because they are exceptional circumstances. But Rich, every team deals with injuries over the course of a season and that's why you have a squad. You have squad depth and you, and we we parroted about how great that was and I don't I don't even want to go back and clip up how, how many times we said how great the squad depth is and but, we've got this deeper squad. But do you squad. not think that there's... Do you not think that there is exceptional circumstance in the fact that George Evans's replacement is Tom O'Connor? Tom O'Connor's replacement is sometimes George Evans. You, you've lost the two specialists in defensive midfield there, and that's why we've we've lost, lost control. Look at this, this is the record since Tom O'Connor was injured. Okay, since Tom O'Connor's been out of the squad, Newport one, Wrexham nil, loss. Blackburn four, Wrexham one, loss. Salford three, Wrexham one, loss. Wrexham nil, Bradford won, loss. Sutton and Notts County wasn't available for, we won both of them. He also wasn't available for MK Dons, Gillingham or Forest Green. So what is that? In the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. The nine games Tom O'Connor's been missing, Wrexham have won two. They lost five. Right, but what I'm saying is he's not. he doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. So we can have this little pity party of I haven't posted on Instagram please come back soon to Tom O'Connor and I I saw that he did like that um Instagram story but you know he's not coming back anytime soon George Evans doesn't look like I think he gets a scan was it this week I think he gets another scan or or the week after you know he doesn't sound like he's coming back anytime soon we just got to suck it up and deal with it and at the end of the day how do we deal with it though because part of me thinks part of me does Part of me does think, hey, look, yeah, you've got to be able to deal, especially when, like I say, we've got this bravado, we've got so much money, we've got so much resource, but they are two defensive specialists that we just don't have cover for because, like I said, one of them is the cover for the other one. So I do think there's a little bit of an exceptional circumstance to have both of them out at the same time. That's really amplified our issues, but I just don't know what the solution is. I think it is just bad luck on that part. I don't blame the club for not having a third defensive midfielder to call upon because it's so exceptional that both of them would be missing. No, I'm not I, I'm not blaming the club for lack of forethought in that sense, but you have to just get on with it. You have to come up with an alternative system that maximises the tools at, you, at your disposal. <laughs> That's just the reality of, of, of football. You know, lots of teams lose... You know, remember when uh, Chesterfield lost Shamanga, star striker, and they just the, the wheels completely came off them. They, they never recovered from that. You know, Wrexham have to find a way to get the best out of a squad that now, you know, whether it is going to a diamond and whether it is playing Mendy at left back and you go to a flat back four and you put James McLean on the left of a diamond, Elliot Lee is your 10, Andy Cannon on the right or Andy Cannon at the base and Luke Young on the right or Jordan on the right. or You know, there has to be another way where you can ease the pressure on that one position. If you haven't got anyone who can play that defensive midfielder role, then do something different. You've got to because yeah. you can't just you can't just sleepwalk to the end of the season and go, well, you know, we lost two of our best players in that position, and you know what were we meant to do because we don't have a replacement for them. This is where you earn your keep. Now you've got you know you're three points off the top of the table with twelve games to go. You've got the best home form in the division, and you've got seven games at home. Now, if you'd have been offered that at the start of the season, you'd have took it. You'd have gone, yeah, yeah we'll 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 take that. Well, I think th- th- this is maybe where I stand on it. I think we've been very unlucky on the injury front, but we've also, ble- like you said, I think the part of blame on Wrexham's part is that we've not adapted. We've tried to play exactly the same way, which is lunacy when you've not got those players available because the shortcomings will be will be exposed. Like I said, I do think in the in the wider picture, we should still have enough because it, an- another sort of caveat of all this is when we were looking at the table for so long, we're always sort of anticipating, well, Forest Green away is three points. Now the table is just blunt. It's just bluntly true. We are fourth. We're the fourth best team in the league to the season. All the teams above us have played as many games. Mansfield have actually played a game less. So we are the fourth best team. We can't say, oh, well, once the games have evened out, we'll actually be third or second. 
that's just not the, the fact anymore. We are fourth. We, you know, we've got to make up that that disadvantage somehow. I do think that that we'll find a way to do it because you know the the freakish home form does that. I think that what, what the last two games have really highlighted, Nate, like you said, is maybe not. Would I call it a stubbornness? I'm not even sure it is a stubbornness. Just Parky is set in his ways of what he wants this, this squad to do, and he should have adapted. And I think it has it's cost us in, in both matches, both really poor performances in in different ways. But you know, it comes back to that wider question, really, about Wrexham is, and I, we've seen it. You know, last season we just bullied teams because we were just better. We just had better players, and we just bullied teams off the park. This season disparity in quality just isn't quite there. There's there's a lot of League Two teams that we have better players than, but there's less. There's fewer than there were last season. So it means that when Wrexham win games, so often it's because we've got a moment of magic or we've just got better players. And we see that at home. We bully teams at home still quite often. We have better players. But there's not many games where we totally just blitz an opponent away because we play better football or our system is far better than theirs. There's a few instances but just not to the same calibre as, as other teams maybe in this division. And I know we are only a few points off the top still, but I think for me, Nate, it just does beg that long-term question of over Exman under Phil Parkinson. I'm, I'm by no means saying I'm Phil Parky out. It's just, I think he's got enough to get us promoted to, to League One. I think he's got enough to make us lower mid-table in League One. But how do you make the next step? Because for me, I just don't think we are tactically innovative enough and just don't have enough tactical nous really to compete with the very best teams on a consistent basis. Yeah, you evolve the style. That's 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 it. I think you you, you either move it into a four three three and and you use people if they're going to make that step. We don't know yet. If you're going to make that step, you use people like Luke Bolton in attacking situations or Ryan Barnett in attacking situations rather than defensive. I, I, I was going to make this point in terms of, you know, kind of Wrexham getting over the line and, and Mark Crichton commented on it when we put it out last night, but that back three we started with against Forrest Greenrich, Max Clueth on the left, Owen O'Connell in the middle and Aaron Hayden on the right was the 13th different centre-back combination we've had all season. The 13th different one. And look, at the weekend, Owen O'Connell's injured now, so... Will Boyle could come back. You might have Boyle, Toza, Hayden, which has been used the most of any combination this season by Phil Parkinson. You could have Max, Hayden, Boyle. You could have, I don't know what you could have. You could have Max, Toza, Hayden. Um, that that cannot be good, can it? No. It, it, well, again, there's that slight bit of mitigation that you need consistency, particularly in your back line, to have a, a style of play, to to have that consistency and to grow the momentum, to have that confidence, really. And and that is another bit of mitigation. So in, in Parky's defence, I'll say, look, the injury situation in midfield and in defence, God, that is really tough to deal with. But then it's on him to to adjust. Again, it shows the importance of Bentoza and Max Cloeth because they're the only two centre-backs you can rely on every single week at Wrexham. They are the only two who I would rely on for a full season to stay fit there's different reasons for that but they are the only two and that's not a gripe or an attack on the other centre-backs it's just they are reliable that is why they are so important to to Parky and I know whenever Toza gets abuse and people say oh why is Toza playing it's because you can rely on them every single week and at a time when Wrexham don't have consistency that is that is so priceless to the squad like you said there though for me what's been so annoying is why would you not just sort of embrace not underdog status, but say, look, we're going to Gillingham, we're going to Forest Green. We don't have the players in place to dominate the game because we don't have that midfielder. We don't have that base. We don't have that that sort of that balance in midfield. I know at Forest Green we had lots of possession, but it was possession without penetration. That's what Notts County had at the race course. We, we did a job on them without the ball. And it was the reverse at Forest Green where we had the ball, but we had no end product. I almost think, why don't you embrace, particularly at Gillingham, which... Watching, I only managed to watch sort of the extended highlights back because obviously we were at Old Trafford on Saturday. But why do you not just embrace the fact that you don't have that structure in midfield and just say, yeah, we'll go 4 3 3 then? You can come and attack us like Notts County did, and we're just going to blitz you on the counter attack. We will go Bolton on one wing. We can go, like we said, McLean at left left wing and have Mendy at left wing back, at left back. Just go 4 3 3. I know it just makes people pull their hair out because. 
Phil Parkinson ain't going to do that. But for me, it just seems like such an obvious avenue to explore. And I think what's being used against Parky at the moment as well, Nave, is just the fact that he hasn't, he's not being seen to try something new. He's still mm. sticking with a 3 5 2. I think that if you go and lose a game or drop points, but you at least try something new, then the fans will at least say, okay, fair enough, that doesn't work. But I think until you've tried it, really, there's just going to be a lot more pressure and scrutiny on Parky if we drop points playing his way. Rich, what I will say in defence of Parky is that a lot of this is on the players as well. There are just mm. a lot of players not hitting the level. I mean, take Forrest Green, for example. We had 40, we had 40 crosses attempted, of which nine were successful. Now, you know, Luke Bolton and, and Ryan Barnett, Ryan Barnett obviously started away at Forest Green. They're both vying for that right wing back spot. Ford is not in the 22 and is still out injured, wishing him the best. It was McLean on the other side um, at Forest Green. Mendy's obviously played recently at, at left wing back. Nine successful crosses out of 40. I mean, you can't blame, how can we blame Phil Parkinson for that? We can't. Yeah, that's true. That's, you that's know, true. We, we can't blame him for that. We can blame him on who he picks. We can blame him on maybe not be, you know, going a back five against the team that are 23rd in the league. But, you know, again, he takes off Aaron Hayden to chuck on Jordan Davis to go to a diamond. And within about five minutes, Owen O'Connell gets injured. You know, how's your luck there? You're then going to make another sub. That If that had happened five minutes later, it would have been a different game. So we can blame Phil Parkinson for certain things. But we can't blame him for crosses going awry. We can't blame him for... Yeah, what can we blame him for? Do you have any issues in your life you want to blame Phil Parkinson for? I, I'm quite hungry. So the fact that I'm having to record this before I've eaten breakfast... Uh, Phil Bloody Parkinson, blame him for that? It? It's a joke. Yeah. It's Maybe that's what man. Steve Parkin was having to go about him. Go, do you see that animated conversation at you know, the full you know time? What, you, know, you know what I'm going to say? I, I, I don't mind that. I, I, I don't like mind it. that. I, I, I like it. Because if you're not annoyed at drawing and what felt like a defeat really. Well maybe Forest Steve Parkin had seen the food menu. Maybe that's why he was angry. So maybe he was hangry. Maybe he didn't uh, want the what? vegan mac and cheese. You don't th- you don't think he likes halloumi fries, plant based halloumi fries. Do you, do you like halloumi fries? Uh, There's a time and a place, isn't there? Forest Green I'd... on a Tuesday night is not the time or the place. No, no, no. Ne- neither the time nor the place. You know what though? I, I don't I don't think that was nothing, but I don't think it was much. You know what I mean? I think they were genuinely annoyed at something. It was clearly a disagreement, and poor Aiden Davison was having to stand there as kind of mediator. But they're so experienced, Steve Parkin and Phil Parkinson. They've had great success together. That's absolutely normal. We we saw, didn't we, in the documentary, Tozer and Mullin going at it in the in the Notts County changing room away. You went to that game, we lost 1-0. Yeah. It, well, it happens it, every it, single... It was, at every it was club at every level. Yeah, every lost club over. at every level. People, If a footballer isn't angry after dropping points, or a manager's not happy after dropping points then there's something wrong with you because it shows that you have you've accepted mediocrity and parking and parking will have known choosing that that was a huge opportunity for Wrexham to get back into the automatics to finally make good of that game in hand missed opportunity like we said there's an element of bad luck with the injury front fundamentally the performance wasn't good enough though that is both on the system and on the players who they're the ones who have to execute the game plan they're the ones who have to perform on the pitch they were mostly poor. Let's put it behind us. Let's galvanise us. We've said so many. It's becoming, obviously, disproven. But we keep on saying that after poor performances, we sometimes go on these crazy runs. You know, you, you've just got to hope now that we, we do that again. Away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with muck delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rich, looking ahead then, in terms of changes, how he can mix it up, 
I'll just put it bluntly to you. He has to go back to Oli Palmer and Paul Mullen at the weekend. I, I just think he has to. You have to line up against Accrington with Oli Palmer, Paul Mullen, and Stephen Fletcher as your first impact sub off the bench. Go back to a formula that, that you know works. Okay, Paul Mullen got, got that goal. You hope that can open the floodgates for him now. Oli Palmer, something's happened there, evidently. We don't know what. I don't know what's happened there. Do you think that's just because Palmer's long-term future probably isn't at Wrexham? So maybe it's not in Parky's best interest to use him between now and the end of the season? See, I think you use your best assets while you've got them, even if they've not got a long-term future at the club. And I think whatever happens, Palmer probably needs to move on in the summer and go to a club where he can play every week. You know, I don't know what happens to his clothing brand. I mean, I love Ollie Palmer, but I just don't, particularly if he went up to League One, I just don't think he's he's good enough for, for that level on a weekly basis. He's under contract um, but, for another year. So he, he, if he wants to dig and... himself in, he can do. And, you know, the, the situation, if there is a problem, is not going to go away anytime soon. I would swallow, if there's any pride on the line for either man, I would swallow that and I would put him up front with Mullin. He's just scored. You hope he, he can find himself. And Fletcher's great for that last 25. I know he's looked good when he started as well, but he's a better impact off the bench than so far Marriott, uh, Fletcher, Dolby. Dolby didn't even get in the squad on uh, against Forest Green. So, you know, I would go back to Mullen and Palmer and... That, that, and, and that, that, yeah, that's what I would do. And you know what? Even at home, I'd be tempted to... To go back to a diamond, I'd get James McLean back in midfield, get Mendy on there at left back, and and I don't know, maybe get Bolton back in. I, I would just do something a bit different, if you can, if at all possible, do something, because at the minute you're sleepwalking into a situation that you do not want to be in. Of course, Fletcher's started the last two matches as well. We've we've spoken in the past about you know his conditioning. He's a fantastic athlete, and particularly at his age, but there's got to be a game where you know he he does come off the bench again. I think, like I said, this weekend probably makes the the most sense for that. Although maybe there's sort of slight Barrow at home vibes to us all saying, "Why is Fletcher starting?" And then he goes and gets a hat trick, and we're all left with with egg on our face. I mean, ultimately, it's, it is in Parky we we trust still. But like I said, I do think that a lot of fans would be happy to see Palmer and, and Mullen because you've got the work right there. You've also got someone there for Mullen. He just knows how to play with Palmer because. I mean, if we want to name drop, Nate, we actually we had a chat with Mickey Thomas, didn't we, on Saturday ahead of the game at Old Trafford. He was working there for MUTV and we were speaking about... Was it MK Don's debrief we were doing? Or mm, it was just... Yeah, MK we Don's, about? yeah. Yeah, we were speaking MK Don's with Mickey Thomas and he was saying what's frustrating him at the moment is that Mullen's just not getting the ball between the posts, not getting it in central areas. It's reminding him of Mullen's first six months at the club, really, where he was having to work twice as hard. He was dropping deep, going out wide, just trying to almost act like a one-man army at times because he was frustrated with the service. He was a lack of service and and the inconsistent sort of delivery he was getting in the final third. And he just sort of regressed a bit to those first six months. And when Palmer came in, Mullen became such a better player because Palmer was doing the dirty work. meant Mullen could get the ball in between the posts. And I think that having that, that partnership back for for this weekend could could do wrecks and wonders really and yeah again like you said Nate, something has to be seen to to change Marriott and Bolton I'm same as you I'm just not convinced on either of them yet I want to be proven wrong I do think Marriott could be one of those players where if he gets a goal everything sort of clicks for him he's he's had chances in every game I can think of really and that in itself bodes well that, that proves he's doing something right he maybe just needs that little slice of luck, want to go in off his knee or his head or something and for it just all, all to click. But right now, I think Palmer Mullen makes the most sense this weekend. Like you said, though, the concern for me is maybe that midfield selection because we said last week, didn't we? Well, I said last week, because I want to blow my own trumpet here, that I wouldn't have started Luke Young at Forest Green away because I don't think it's the type of game that would suit him having to break down play. He's better when we're not meant to have the ball. So... I just don't know what options we've got left for for into the midfield. Well, we we spoke about the defensive, you know, changes and the amount of times I've done it as well for the strikers. And again, what was so good about last season was yes, we were far superior in terms of a lot of the things. Except Notts County aside, we were able to steamroll a lot of teams, but we did have a lineup that was fairly consistent 
the team by the end i stopped doing those fan hub pick the teams because um and you and i picking teams because it was so obvious in the end who was going to play week to week whereas now you look at it so i've I rattled off we've had 13 different partnerships in the back three these are your strike partnerships you've had dolby and mullen have played together so this was before the gillingham game the weekend so prior to gillingham we'd had dolby and mullen together eight times palmer and mullen together eight times fletcher and mullen five times Palmer and Dolby three times, Palmer and Bickerstaff three times, Fletcher Marriott once, Lee, Palmer and McLean, which is where at Wimbledon when we did mix it up. McLean and Dolby at Swindon, that was once. Marriott and Dolby once. And Dolby and Waters when we started the season with Sam Dolby and Billy Waters. But again, my point being that we haven't had continuity. And there's an element of that's down to injuries. But I also don't know whether at any point this season, not maybe at any point, but I don't know if for a large part of the season, Phil Parkinson's known his best 11. No, we've, again, we've had this conversation feels countless times that for me, that stems from the back three. You could ask 10 Wrexham fans who their back back three is and you'll get you know six or seven different answers of, of who people prefer to have there. The wing backs, people are divided on them still. I think there is a clear, you know, up front, there probably is still a, b- a debate of who our best front two is. And we're, what, well, b- by the time people listen to this, it's, it's the leap year, isn't it, basically <laughs> this year? But we're basically March. And we've got 12 games after the season. And we're still none the wiser of when fully fit what, what your strongest Wrexham team would be. And that is a problem because it's sort of the, the flip side of strength and depth. And having a lot of options is brilliant. But it's like when you go to a buffet. And you have a little bit of Chinese and you have some chips on the side and then you've got some fish. Then you've got a salad. Then you go back and, and get something else. You've got too much choice and they're all contrasting. What, what do you actually what want? What buffet are you going to? What cuisine do you want to what eat? What buffet are you going to? It's sort of an all-you-can-eat holiday buffet, I'm thinking right. of. Maybe a pasta on the side. I've not been on holiday for fish, a while. I'm fish away next week, so and, just uh, on the pod. Fish, pasta and Chinese and chips. Yeah, when you... Well, that's the whole point when you go to a buffet. You've got so much choice, haven't you? You can have whatever you want. And sometimes... They're very contrasting flavours. I remember once I dipped a Dorito into some ice cream. I threw up instantly, but I gave it a go. That's, I mean, maybe that's the sort of Dolby and Waters partnership, the Dorito and, and the ice cream. I, just I, don't I go say, together. I was going to say, we're, we're the people that are questioning the tactics of a manager that's had great, great success. A, a man who is dipping Doritos into ice cream. It's good to know, mate. It's good to know. Yeah, it says a lot about me, doesn't it? But that's what I mean. I think that, I mean, we've completely devalued any sort of expertise on this podcast straight away there. But it's, we just don't have, because we've got, maybe because there's so much quality, you don't actually have as many standout players in certain positions because when fully fit, a lot of the defenders are on a level par and it's just who sort of works out for that game. Up front, I think a lot of strikers they all have a positive and a negative. Who's the standout there at the moment? Midfield, I think, you know, it's Lee Evans, Cannon. That's the best midfield for me. That's got a bit of everything when fully fit, but we don't have that at the moment. And then the wingbacks the same. I just think that, you know, for all the positive hang squad depth, sometimes you need you need that standout. You, you need the, uh, the star bake. You need the signature dish, don't you? Is it bake-off season again? I lose you to Bake Off celebrity, season whenever it comes on. Bake Off is coming back soon. Um, Listeners, if if you if went listen to this, every time a Bake Off comes round, getting Rich to sit down and record is is harder than trying to keep probably our midfield fit. It's it's almost impossible. It it, it doesn't really work. He, he's so wedded. To to, priority, you have to have priorities. You do, and and Bake Off is numero uno, I think. Um, yeah, no, look, I, I just think it's it's crazy to me that we're probably going to get to the end of the season and all season we won't have had a settled team and that's and partly that's out of Parkinson's hands partly that's chopping and changing it seems to be called Parky's Tombola on social media that seems to be the the lottery and we're going to get a different lineup again aren't we um on Saturday it could be the 14th different back three partnership for all I know but looking ahead for me I would go back to some basics I know it's not pretty but we don't need pretty now to get over the line we just need to drag ourselves kicking and screaming go back to Ollie Palmer Go back to the toes a long throw. Just go back to styles of play that are just going to drag you over the line. I don't care how we play now. I know I've, I've said earlier in the season it'd be nice to play some football, but really now it's about winning games. And 
getting some points on the board because we, especially away, we look absolutely shot to pieces confidence-wise. So we've got seven home games, haven't we, out of 12. Teams have got to come to us. That's nerve-wracking for them, but they have to sense that it's nerve-wracking for them and not, oh, this crowd will turn if we get the first goal. You know, so I remember Humphrey at the back end of last season, didn't he issue a rallying cry saying we've got to, you know, make that race course. We've got four sides now, make it a tough place to come. And I really hope that on Saturday, if we do make a slow start, that it is just intimidating for Accrington and and not a kind of lion's den for our lads. as well we always look at the form tables and before we get into the active preview it was a couple of weeks ago wasn't it i asked you where were wrexham in in the form table where do you think wrexham are i mean if you do boil it down for all this doom and gloom and i know that some people say this podcast has been too negative some people say it's it's actually too positive wrexham have only in, in our last five games we've won two drawn two and, and lost one so you might say what's all the fuss about where do you think we are in the form table last five games out of everyone in league two 10th i don't know bang on a 10th bang on yeah nice eight points from a possible 15 i mean you look at the teams above us crew they're fourth they've got 11 points Mansfield are second in the form table, 12 points. Stockport County are below us. They've taken five points from their last possible 15. Who's you know. top, Rich? Walsall. And this is I what am. I was going to come on to. There, there, there is a bit of intrigue here. I think maybe if you broaden it out to your last 10 matches, it will go some way to explaining that, hey, look, some of the results maybe aren't as bad as you expect. Over the last 10 matches, Newport County are second in the form table, 20 points out of a possible 30. Losing there, disappointing, maybe in the grand scheme of things, isn't the, the disaster it was. Third in the form table, MK Dons, 19 points from 30. A point there, maybe not such a bad result. Sixth in the form table, Salford. Okay, I know a lot of the reason these teams have form is because we keep on giving them points, but <laughs> they're a team that are, that are difficult for, for us to beat. But then the counter is, look, we lost to Bradford at... At home, they're 13th in the form table. We've now drawn with Forest Green, who are 18th in the form table. We only scraped past Sutton, 23rd. Notts County are 22nd in the form table. So maybe the win against them is not as impressive as it looked like. And you mentioned as well, coming up, Accrington 15th in the form table, Morecambe 9th. Rich, I, I wanted to read you these results away from home for Wrexham. And you just tell me if you think it's a good Good result, a bad result, or you're indifferent to it, like you say. Some of my them... lads. So, so, are these results that are in isolation? Because you know, I just still in isolation. Argue some, just yeah. just in isolation. I still you argue it... that some of our defeats this season in isolation have just been those days at the office where we just don't click. Fine, That's... but in the grand scheme of things, look bad. Yeah, so I, I just want. I'm going to go through them. So Mansfield, we drew nil nil. Excellent good result. Point gained. A point gained. Stockport, we lost five nil. Away from home. Probably three points lost. Yeah. Um, MK Dons. The man of the defeat. Again, I yeah. wouldn't have mind losing to Stockport if we actually put up a fight and gave them a game. MK Dons, we drew one all. That was very recently. Yeah. Point gained on reflection. I, I, watching the game live, I thought, how did we not beat these? Watching it back, I thought, we got away with one there. Barrow, early in the season, one all. Should have won. Should have won. They offered nothing that day. So you think that's a, a good point? Two points, no, two points dropped there. Two points dropped. Gillingham lost 1-0. Is that just one of those days at the office? I think that was one of those days at the office where it just didn't really click. Crawley, we obviously won 1-0 there when Andy Cannon got sent off. That was a really good Aaron Hayden performance, I remember. Yeah. Again, I think that's the type of game where, for when you look at a game where it's like, oh God, how did we how did we lose that? That's a game where I look back and think, how did we win that actually? We, we maybe rode our luck a bit in that game. There should have, was that the game where, should Cannon have been sent off in that game? Or well, Cannon was sent, sent off, off, wasn't he? He was sent off, yeah. yeah. And Fletcher nearly scored from the halfway line. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think that if we'd drawn that game, we couldn't have complained. Walsall, you were there. We lost 3-1. Abysmal. One of the worst games I've watched Drexham play away from home under Parkey. 
Harrogate, we drew 2 2. Are we 2 0? Felt, like felt like a missed opportunity, that one again. Um, yeah, should have won that. Should have seen it out. AFC Wimbledon, I was there 1 1. I think that was probably just one of those days at the office. Very early in the season, we still had Ben fair, Foster in goal. It? They're no a good Mullen. team. Yeah, no, they're, they're a good team. Um, Notts County away, we won 2 0. So that was a very good win for us. Accrington lost 2 0. So poor that game. That was diabolical. But I was home 15 minutes after full time, so swings and roundabouts. Bradford, 1-1, Valley Parade. Should have beaten them. They were dreadful. They offered very little. 16th, oh, Newport County, we lost 1-0. One of those yeah, days. did the job on us, yeah. Yeah, one of those days. Tranmere, you went to that, we won 1-0. Yeah, should have been more. Um... Yeah, 18th, well, this was when I, did, when I did it, 18th in the table was Swindon, we won 1-0, Boxing Day. Uh, yeah, we did a job on them that day, but the more you think about it, God, that was even that was unconvincing, wasn't it? And it felt like a massive win at the time. But now the way you've seen the season unfold, it's like God. We only, we celebrated beating Swindon away one 0 as if it was much more than it meant. Well, James Jones did end up getting sent off. There's two yellows in that game. That was another red card. Uh, Salford City, we lost three one. Utterly so abject. Poor. That was one of the worst I've seen. Um, Forest Green, we drew one all. Which, on reflection, I think we didn't deserve much more than a point, did we? No. Again, it's one of those games where you get fixated on having possession and it doesn't really count for anything. We saw, saw Notts County come to the race course. They had a lot of the ball, but we did a job on them. And then Sutton, we won 2-1. Last gasp, so, so lucky to get away with that because they, they should have had a penalty for the McLean handball. They were better than us for most of that game. Um, so that's what I mean. There's not even this sort of underlying, oh, we've been really unlucky away from home. If anything, we've probably been lucky away from home to have as many points as we have. There's right. probably more performances where we've played badly and got a result than played well and not got points. If, if and you look, you know, the game's coming up. You've still got Grimsby who are fighting for their lives. You've still got Colchester who are down there. You've still got, uh, who else am I thinking of that's down there? I know Crew are up there, Morecambe. There's another team that I'm forgetting that's near them. Doncaster that are also kind of fighting for their lives on that Tuesday after... Um, yeah, Easter, Easter, yeah. Easter, Easter Tuesday, if that's such a thing. I don't think it is. Um, but Easter Tuesday. Uh, so, you know, we have got teams that are at the wrong end of the table. But as we show, as we showed against Forest Green, it doesn't really matter where they are. Um, but I actually think that this this stage of the season, you want to be playing the teams who can't go up or can't go down, really. They're does the ones exi- who sort does of that no exist in, Does that exist in League Two? Because there's like that's 16 the teams against the playoffs. Well, that's the quirk. You'd maybe say, I mean... It's contradictory to this because Doncaster are, I think, second in the form table over the last five games, or third, sorry, in the form table of the last five games. But they're one of the teams who maybe fit that brief. I think they've got 39 points. So you wouldn't expect them to go down, but they'd have a lot of work to do to get playoffs. Um, so you'd maybe say the likes of Doncaster, Salford, Tranmere are the team that they're like the three teams that maybe fit that criteria. There's not many. And, you know, we've played what? Played. Them, but played Swindon twice. Played Salford twice. Played Salford twice. Got Tranmere at home, obviously, and Doncaster away. So, yeah, it's it's, it's a really difficult get uh, sort of running. But this is this is where you earn your coin. This is where the real teams stand up and and make themselves counted. I think you know to boil it back and go full circle on this. Worst case, I think Wrexham finished fourth this season. Best case, we could finish top. I, I think even if we implode, we're going to get playoffs. Then you'd obviously dread the away playoff tie. You'd just have to survive that. Wrexham, knowing Wrexham, we could lose the first like four nil away from home, win five nil at the race course. You know that's the type of thing that that can happen. And yeah, I guess for the neutral, it's exciting because I wouldn't rule anything out at this stage. I really wouldn't. But I expect us to bounce back this weekend. I expect it to be grim. I expect both teams to score. I, I probably reckon it'd be like a two one Wrexham against Accrington this weekend. Speaking of Accrington, Rich, uh, I'm sure we're going to round out the podcast very, very shortly, but are we going to have another Andy Holt versus Sean Harvey? Andy Holt versus Ryan Reynolds row? That was that well, seems not that long ago. This is the game where we've reduced ticket prices for them, haven't we? <laughs> right, we sort right. of We killed them with kindness by just playing them not at their own game and raising ticket prices like they did for us. We did try and get Andy Holt on the podcast, you'll be glad to know, but to no avail. His very Sadly. niche... Yeah, his... Yeah, well, the requests weren't responded to, but that's fine. Also, Accrington, you might remember from earlier in the season, they don't really have, they didn't really have a podcast that 
that was stood out. There's one in America, but they just never responded to us. And we no. had to get just a fan on last time, just a, a fan. Um, so yeah, it's just, just because we're both at Man United on Wednesday night as well. So we've had what, basically a day less to sort the podcast with the Tuesday night game. So apologies, there is no official Accrington angle on this. But Rich, you know what? You know what? I the way I'm going to spin it so that we can get, wriggle our way out of it is that okay. almost, almost, it's not about we could be playing anyone this week. It's almost not about who we're playing this weekend. It is more so about true. us. So you know what I mean. That's I don't convenient, even think, isn't it? I don't even think we need to know about this opposition because ultimately we're in our own heads at the minute. We've got so much quality. You know, we're talking about. I see people saying, "I would, you know, what I would give to have Wrexham squad." because we only have maybe one striker and they're injured. We've got nobody left. We're talking about Ollie Palmer, who's been out in the cold. He would go to most team. Most teams in League Two would take Ollie Palmer. I don't care what... what We've only say. got five strikers. What are we going to do? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. We haven't got... You know, we, we most of our players that we wouldn't want or we wouldn't use, every team well, buff- would take them. It's the, buffet. it's the buffet again, isn't it? We've it's got so bu- much oh, choice where they're, they're stuck know- with the, the set menu. I don't want to know about some of your culinary choices now. I'm wary of getting back to the buffet. But it, it really is about us this weekend. And I think we've just got to impose our will on the game. I, I, I would do something different. I would put McLean in midfield. I would um, go, go with Mendy and I would go with Bolton probably. As I said, I'd keep chopping and changing Bolton and 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 Barnett, we saw Bolton start at MK Dons, didn't we? He had that burst of pace and did he win the corner that um young to McLean um set us on, set us on our way? Barnett's had spells where he's come on and looked really good. Both of them seem to look better when they come on rather than being the one to to do the yeah. dirty work from the start. Elliot leaves you a big game. I, I don't really think. I think that's just the nature of fullback, you know? though, isn't it? In, for a fullback, if you uh, sorry, a wing back, if you come on against a tired defence, you're going to have more joy. So right. I think that's just the nature of it. Like you said, we just need people. We need this selection to be on it from the first whistle. We need to be at them. We need that race course rallying cry. We need everyone to be there, just full of optimism. I'm not saying be happy clappers. I'm not saying sing Phil Parky's Red White Army. You know, you might be Parky and you might be Parky out, but there's so much to play for. And football is a fickle game. You're only as good as your last result. I understand the doom and gloom. I also understand why some fans aren't worried at all. Right now, look, there's 12 games left. This is your chance to be heroes. A double promotion. We can still win the league title. It's not even just promotion. That's we it. can do anything. And Rich, why not it. believe? That's it. The, the league title is, is, is there for you if you want it. you just got to go. And you know what I would love? I'd love people to get into the race course early. Don't drown us out with music. Just, just really light the fire. And and send a message yeah. to the players that all and right sort cause... the PA system out because this <laughs> has been it's been the problem all season. But when Wrexham when Wrexham is the name plot playing, just turn the music off, let the fans take over, you know, and just I mean the PA system has probably got its own episode coming up soon. <laughs> I I despise it in the tech end, such bad quality. Rich, but, let, yeah, let me that, let me say it's this. Just let me... galvanizers. Let me say this right that the players see a lot of the stuff. A lot of the fume, they'll, you know, they are not so detached as, as you get with these Premier League players where maybe they have agencies running their accounts. It is the players that run these accounts. I'm sure they see, you know, they're all seeing and maybe not responding, but they see a lot of this stuff or family members do. Saturday could be a message back to those players. We are still with you every step of the way for 12 more games. And seven of them are going to be right here on our pitch. And yes, Mansfield have got to come. And yes, Mansfield have been a great team. And yes, Stockport did a job on us when, when we went there. But, uh, you know, in Tranmere, we, we got past, didn't we? But they, they've turned things around under Adkins. Who else have we got? Harrogate. You know, the, the, we can send a message, I think, not just to Accrington, but send a message from the fans to the players to say, we are a damn good football team. And all we need is, I honestly just think, all we need is one result to... Turn it around. One confidence builder, a three-nailer, a four-one, something. Let the goals flow, because there's too many people in that team that look like they're a match away from igniting. You know what I mean? They're they're they're, they're ready to. They just they they can't right now for whatever reason. And 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 Saturday, yes, it's just one game. You know, we'll get all the cliches. Yes, it's just three points. Yes, it's just Accrington at home. In terms of the message that could send between the, the unity of fans and players, I think Saturday is absolutely massive. Yeah, I would love it. Love it if we beat them. 
Nafe as well, to end on the positive, we talk about form. Here's your home form table. Wrexham have the best home form in League Two, and we've played two games less at home than most teams. 38 points from 16 games. MK Dons and Stockport have played 18 times at home and have less points. The, the Fortress Kairas, you can still remember the home defeats because of such rarities. That is going to be the key to Wrexham getting promoted. We never have to win away again. Away form's overrated. Away day's overrated. Kairos, Saturday, make yourself heard. Get Wrexham over the line. Wherever you are in the world, cheer us on. Back the boys. Make some noise. Nafe, thank you very much for joining us. Rob Brown Red. Thank you very much. I'm off to go make... I'm not doing Doritos and ice cream. I'm going to go make some toast, I think. Have some cereal. Maybe that's what was on offer at Forest Green, actually, in the dressing room. Maybe that was... Maybe that was the vegan alternative. Who knows? And in well, we have to be dairy-free ice cream, so there's a whole, whole sort of can of worms there as well. But thank you very much for joining us once again on Rob Ryan Red. As always, you can get us on all the socials. They're pretty self-explanatory, aren't they? You can also contact us robryanred at gmail.com, as well as the contact us button on our website, robryanred.com. Nafe is about to interject. We found Chris Lightfoot. He discovered. We found Chris. Like he, he does exist. He does. Or exist. someone He's real. hastily set up an email and has claimed a free black Wrexham shirt, which I'm currently wearing myself. So, thank you, Chris, for listening. Our, our biggest fan. Um, make sure you check your YouTube notifications in future. Thank you very much as well to you. Thank you so much to Red Ten People Development who gave away that that Wrexham shirt along with Hypnotic. Yeah, thank you to them for their support. Without them, we couldn't do the podcast anymore. Yeah. We've been a bit negative today. We've got it off our chest and we will be back next week by hook or by crook. Come on, Wrexham. 12 games left, 12 games away from even more history. Take care and we'll see you again next time. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.